Hello and welcome to World Shot, the podcast about storytelling and world building. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, buddy? Oh, man. It has been a while since we <laughs> talked, I feel like. It's, no, it's only, been a, it's only been a week. Like, between episodes, no, it's there's only been a two. Well, we talked, then we didn't talk the week after, then now we're talking. So, yes. That feels like two. a big break to me for some reason. I don't um, know. Well, it's going to happen again because I uh, work trip next week. Should have ah, okay. told well, you that that's before fine. we started the show. No, Whatever. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little breaky, Cody. A little breaky for you. <laughs> I think anyway. that I also have a work trip tomorrow. Hey, look, so, yeah, we can know. we can commiserate over work trips. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, so yeah, what if I have a lot of stuff to talk about? Again, I'll probably just shotgun it. But what have you been doing recently? Um, in the last two weeks, I think probably the most interesting thing is that I saw Glass Onion. The new... Now we can talk about it. Oh, had we not talked about it before? I forgot that. No, no, no. I have brought it up last week and like did my very like bird's eye view overview of it, but we didn't talk about it yet. Okay. What did you think of it? I don't remember now. I, I refresh said, my I, memory. I overall enjoyed it. Cause I watched it with a friend and we had a good time watching it, but it definitely wasn't as good as the first one. And I think that's because they spent way too much time, like being pedantic about celebrities and the fact that like the main villain was just Elon Musk was just kind of like, we get it. He's a bad man. Okay. I, I agree with you. I thought that it lacked a lot of the depth of character and subtlety Absolutely. that the first movie had because there was never a part where you thought that that guy was a good guy. You know, like there I knew it was him from the very beginning. Like as soon as you see him, it's like, "Oh yeah, he's he's done it. Now you got to figure out how." And I just have to spend 2 hours figuring out how. And then Sorry for interrupting you, but the other thing that I didn't like is how over half of the movie was just like the flashback of showing how and why it happened. I didn't, I did not hate the flashback exactly, but it, it was oddly paced to me. Like it yes. didn't exactly nail the pace. It didn't quite drag me in as much. So like, I don't, it was fine. Like I've seen like very polarizing things about it. Like, I don't know. There's always like stupid think pieces that I feel like missed the I don't want to say miss the point, but kind of that want to make a want to make a good title without having any merit behind it. And it's like, this is just a movie complaining that rich people exist. Then like the next comment is like, rich people don't understand that people don't like them. And I'm like, yeah, but it was actually worse. Like the the characters were worse. Like they were. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is they spent way too much time like with all of these like references to celebrities and like trying to be like, oh, haha, look at celebrities. They're just so wacky. And it's like, well, that can't be your only character to death. Uh, to death. Character depth is just, oh, look how wacky these celebrities are. That's literally all the depth there was to that. And they felt unrealistic in yeah. a way that like the original family felt like a, a real family. Like, yeah, these are all kind of like pampered people who have become twisted by that and that is the point but they have humanity to them and this movie just lacked all of that and it also lacked the clarity of what they even were and like why like what what was the company what did it do what well, why did well, all Cody, of why did a was, twitch streamer Elon need to be involved Musk in company. that it was just the musk foundations they were just trying so hard to make fun of elon musk and it was just like he doesn't care, and we already, and everybody already knows he's kind of a douche. So, like, yeah. why do we care? <laughs> yeah, it just, it just felt like, man, it just 
felt mediocre, I guess. You know, I was not blown away, I guess. New screen name. But yeah, just that's that's my joke is because my screen name is something, I guess. Anytime someone says something, 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 I guess. New screen name. <laughs> it's oh. hilarious. Not blown away, I guess. Okay, well, uh, show's over. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you all the time. Look, slide. Jordan, not every joke's going to be a 10, all right? Sometimes every your jokes are a 2. has his bones. Um, anyways, but yeah, it's just, it wasn't horrible because, like I said, I enjoyed watching it with my friend. It was a lot of fun to kind of, like, guess, like, the plot through it. And not as fun as the last one because I felt like the last one had a way better mystery to guess than this one did. It was like was more or less like, we know it's Edward Norton. How did he do it? <laughs> right, right. And like, well, and, then he and, did it was, in a st- and then the way he did it was even stupid. And I guess that was like the point that it's like, oh, it was dumb. And that was kind of clever, but not like there was never a point where I thought Edward Norton was a good person who no. had been like rooked, you know? And that's sort of what you thought about Ransom in the first movies. You're like, oh, Ransom, he kind of sucks, but he doesn't in a different way. Like, yeah, he's wealthy, but he's not like, vicious like the rest of these people at least with like both with ransom and with um elon musk in the second movie like i knew it was them when i saw them but like at least with ransom they did the thing for like like you're saying like for a second i was doubting myself i was like oh yeah right maybe maybe it wasn't him maybe he's actually just like trying to like stick it to his family and but then it's like now now it is him and then like back but like there was never a moment where i'm like oh no like edward norton's actually a good guy never just never in that movie and that sucks that sucks when it's just so cut and dry like that it's a mystery movie you're supposed to like it's supposed to be a mystery to you and well and and the other thing too was it did basically do the same formula where it is about like a poor woman who is like kind of getting one over on these wealthy monsters you know and then blanc is kind of like this aristocrat who's sitting in between these two worlds where he's not fabulously wealthy but he is cultured in a way that like the other characters aren't you know um like he's a real gentleman not just someone wealthy right we always need a um white gentleman to help out the minorities get what they need um anyways He's kind of, I'm sorry, he's kind of a white savior. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Not as bad as it is in other movies, but he is, you can read it that way. I choose not to because I want to enjoy the movie, but you can read it that way. I think it gets into a difficulty uh, to me of like, because I don't think that's at all like a bad take or an inappropriate yeah. thing to say. Oh. Um. I guess there is maybe a moral to the notion of like, if you exist in a part of society where you're able to be helpful to people, you yeah. should be, you yeah. know? And that's um, why I'm like, I said, I'm, I pass. Which is like, probably many the excuse for white savior stories. <laughs> um, yeah. But like I said, it wasn't as egregious as some of the other white savior stories out there. So like I didn't, that wasn't like the main thing I took. I didn't even like think of it that way until this episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's because, like, that wasn't the reason he was able to be a savior. Like, so it, you know, whatever. Um, I guess, like, kind of, you know, you could say, like, his good upbringing is because he's, you know, a gentleman or whatever. But, yeah, it definitely, like, it was fine. It was fine. I would give it, like, his B. The first movie was an A. It was yeah. not as good. <laughs> I, was, I would even go as far as say the first movie was an A+, and this was just, like, solid B. At the yeah. very at the very least, like a C plus, but like yeah, it was just it was 
it was fun to watch. I enjoy watching it. And that's I like I watching say. Daniel Craig be Blanc. Like, yeah. some I, like, point I like Kentucky Fried Accent. Yeah. <sighs> right? Like, that's just fun yeah, on face value. Yeah, so. yeah, it's just fun. It, it, like, mystery movies are fun to me. I do really enjoy, like, try Because, like, I'm the kind of guy who guessed the plot of a movie, like, at the very beginning. And it's fun to, like, try to see if they can, like, get one over on me. And, yeah, they didn't this time. They didn't last time. But... At least last time was a fu- was a fun game. This time it's just like okay, I guess I'll just enjoy enjoy seeing how it happens. I already know who. <laughs> yeah, I've still been uh, I've still been smashing through Elden Ring. I still yeah, you love at? Elden Ring. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I, what what boss did you just beat? What was like the big boss? Like one with a cutscene and a health bar. Oh, you've uh, you've already beaten the game. No, right? I haven't beaten the game, but I've like watched all like all the boss fights because i don't have time to play games i just have time to watch it as i do work. right now i am side questing in the eternal city okay um, that's fun so i just did the enough of the dung eater quest Ugh. to get him as a summon dude and <laughs> yeah right he's gross Disgusting. um and now i'm in the i'm actually past the eternal city and i think i need to go back and talk to the witch lady and see if i've done enough of it mm-hmm. i don't really know what the end of that is <laughs> Um, a girl do i do enough your quest a girl <laughs> sorry oh i got to the the dragon the snake the, the serpent no yeah the the god devouring yeah, serpent or whatever yeah, 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 yeah that's a freaking cool boss i have not beaten it yet i went on to something else for a yeah, little while because it know. is freaking difficult i just can't dodge the attacks because yeah. they're so big like i can't get out of the way yeah it's it's a um, that's a that's a cool looking boss though that's a really cool it is. looking boss it is it's just a really hard boss to beat i'm thinking like mimic summon when i have a make a copy of myself with yeah. the weapon that like actually works and mm-hmm. see if that so makes you, you it easier also you can upgrade phase, that weapon right? no huh? oh really close but okay. no yeah, I, I don't know. That that's a that's a cool that's the thing that I always love about the From Software games is that like you feel cool fighting these bosses. Like it feels Yeah, cool. like when you actually manage to do it, yeah, it's pretty it fun. It feels cool. Like you're, you're fighting these larger than life creatures or like enemies and stuff like that. It's just it's just cool. You don't get that at some games. Like yeah. um anything else? Um trying to think i think that's really all i got right now oh i've been watching dimension 20 which is a show you probably don't care about but for a DD podcast um, it's very I, good. I, i've <laughs> um seen clips from it because one of my friends sends me clips from it all the time yeah it's cool it's shorter than critical role is yes. what it is <laughs> and i'm perfectly fine because it's not critical role <laughs> it's just critical roles long for what you get it's just very long but yeah so if that's all you got i i have a few again i'm just gonna pick and choose the most important ones so i watched this show that you had recommended a while back i think in like october um and i didn't watch it not because it like i was like being a hater or whatever but i just didn't have time finally watched it midnight club great oh yeah do you want to know the awesome thing yeah what's the awesome got thing? canceled yeah it got canceled i'm really really bummed about that because that was honestly one of the best things netflix has to offer it was very yeah, it was raw, very real real like like it Stranger Things is fun and exciting and like stuff, but like it lacks that same type of realness that Midnight Club had. And I liked what Midnight Club had. I also like 
all the like mini short stories they told and how like it yeah. connects to their character and like gives you a deeper dive of what's going on more going on with that character. And I thought that was like a really cool way to do character development. Just have them tell a story and you can see how that shapes who they are. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Got canceled. Great. Thanks. Mike yep. Flanagan's a great writer. He was going to be doing the um, Something is Killing the Children adaptation, which I was really excited about. But he went to Amazon and said, screw you, Netflix, which is probably don't blame better. Him. And I really hope that Netflix just drops Something is Killing the Children because they will mess it up. Well, it, it's really disappointing to me because I don't want to like Amazon and I kind of don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to like Amazon and I don't want to like HBO Max because HBO Max kind of like dumped a bunch of their shows, too. But... It's like, well, Netflix sucks. Netflix, like, Netflix is, and I've been yelling about this for a while. Like even like all the way back to a few, like two years ago when they dropped, um, I'm not okay with this. Where it's like that show again, top of the charts. Everybody loved it. Like it set up like a really interesting second season. And then they just dropped it. No explanation. Zero yep. explanation. It's like, it had like diverse characters, had queer characters, had like just, well, sorry, um, racially diverse characters, queer characters, like it was just a very interesting, cool story about t- a teenager finding out she has telekinetic powers. And that was cool. Yeah. And then they yeah, dropped I, it I, for no reason. I thought that show was like a, a solid, like it, it just kills me because they like drop these decent shows to like what make Cowboy Bebop? Like, are you kidding with me? Well, that's... Or like the gray man? So like, the thing that I'm like reading what are we is doing? that like apparently like it's cheaper to just do a new thing rather than keep the old thing going. Do you know what I heard about that? I don't know if this is true. Yeah, I'm go, sure this go, is all speculation. But what I heard about it is, okay, so let's say they get a million subscribers because they make Stranger Things, right? Yeah. And then if they stop making Stranger Things, maybe they lose... 200,000 subscribers, yeah. right? And then that just steady states. But then if they make a new show, they, they get, get another yeah, boost of subscribers that drop no, off. No, no, that's, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm hearing. So it's yeah. like new shows Bring cause a boost people, in subscribers. Yep. So they and just then, keep and then canceling not that many second people, seasons. Um, cancel the subscription. So they like will bring keep yeah, like announcing new, new stuff rather than running the old stuff. And that's just, it's frustrating because the, it, multiple times now have I gotten really invested in a show and it's been like either one or two seasons and then drop. Midnight Club, I'm not okay with this. Honestly, you can make fun of me all you want, but Warrior Nun was another one that was really fun. And it's just like yeah. they keep doing that. And it's just like why would I start a new show if I start something and then they just drop it with zero, zero explanation. And also the amount of minority-driven shows versus um, the alternative Um have been dropped way more than um, white or white male led shows, so that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, like like you can well, you can watch which shows and get dropped. It's like oh, if it's led by a woman or a person of color, it's or a queer person, it's going to be dropped. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious about this in like a how they function internationally, right? Because they have like a lot of like Chinese and Korean shows yes. and stuff, which is great. I mean, I don't like watch all of them because you know it's like frequently not dubbed or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I wonder if those are longer-run shows, and in other countries, Netflix, it's more common for them to do these longer-running shows. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, a ton of them. Like, if you look at Netflix Originals, there's, like, a ton of inter- international, like, just not made in America or for American shows that aren't, it doesn't feel like they're getting canceled. And I'm like, why are you, Netflix, why are you doing this to us? I like these shows. 
Stop screwing up my Netflix. I'm not even could even but like be just the like thing going through it of like um the American audience is like they they need more American well Western audience so they need to drop more shows that will keep rapping in Western audience while in other countries like they probably already have like a really strong thing that's why they don't keep dropping those shows I don't know I I don't yeah. know it's just it's been very frustrating and I mean. It, Look, and there's if also Netflix like, does something is killing the children. I will watch it, but I will be very upset when it gets canceled after the first season because that's one of the top comics right now, and it's so good. And it's one of them that has inspired stuff that I have written for this freaking show. And if Netflix screws it up, I'm gonna be bad. They also make a lot of trash. Oh, too. tons of like, trash. That '90s show. But like, that's the thing. Why is on. that '90s show getting existence rather than like second seasons of some of these really, really good shows? No one can. Yeah. Like, Fuller House didn't need to exist. Yeah. Right. Right. There's like a ton of these. It feels like that are just like these garbage Netflix shows. Also, that they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like we'll do, do also, this. Also, some of the Netflix done. funded anime is trash, and I'm like, you guys need to stop. The problem is some of it's good though, and that's what like that's what kills me is because you look through like Netflix originals. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care about the Dahmer files. I'm over that. But Cabinet of Curiosities was really good. And I'm like, ah, Netflix, why are you doing this to me? Like, just like, how hard is it to just make good shows and make money as a company after making good shows? Well, like I'm saying, the thing that like truly frustrates me is like knowing what to start because so much stuff gets dropped so it's like i don't want to start a show just to have it dropped in my face and like yeah like i, like, I really like like mike flanagan that's why i watched midnight club because everything i've watched from mike flanagan has been good dating all the way back to oculus like he's always been yeah. very good and so like it's like yeah I he was one of those people i realized i was a fan of yeah, kind of yeah because like he watched like, a bunch once of stuff, i figured like, out his name this movie's great man this show's great then you see it's like oh this is the same dude creating this stuff yeah and, I don't know. well it, yeah it just drives me nuts because they have good properties and yeah the the dropping of midnight club is really it's a tough pill for me to swallow. And it's frustrating to me that they lost Mike Flanagan to Amazon, a company that like He's evil I'm sitting here being like, oh, I don't want to support Amazon. Yeah. You know, they do bad things. So I'm going to support Netflix. And then they're, then they're like, Hey, you know, your favorite creator. Well, screw him. His show did great. We don't like him anymore. Like I had to read the end of midnight club. Cause he just tweeted it. Oh, so, so like his ending exists. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, read that. Then. You can yeah. read it. It's a tweet. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go read that then. Cause cool. I, I mean, I just it's it's frustrating because it would be like if we started the if where I am in my story I just stopped reading about the show. You just don't get to know the last chapter is not super important, but like you just don't. I was get gonna to say know. it'd be more like if you stopped it like fifty percent of the way through this story yeah, like, because it's it's not like oh, a yeah. season that ended. It was <laughs> yeah no it did not yeah, wrap get, up get to where they're about to go to the bathroom. Nope, we're just done with the story. You're just never gonna hear it again. Yeah, it sucks. Just, it's I don't worst. know. And it's just, it's, Netflix frustrates me. And then the other thing that really frustrates me is that, like, a lot of stuff coming out is just very superhero stuff. I'm like, can we get more interesting? It's either superhero yeah, stuff or it's 80s and it. 90s nostalgia. And it's like, can we do a little bit more you than know just what? that? You know what I will say? And this is, this is maybe, like, I a mean, little bit of an overly saccharine take. I will say, uh, you know, we talked about like kids are like you we were talking about how like I, I told you that changing diapers is not doesn't even register as a difficult part yeah. of having children. So I will say 
like, it's not that I think that liking comic book stuff is only for kids, but I will say it is much easier to enjoy with kids because the way they invest in it is different than us and their expectation is different. And that is like a fun thing. Like Graham spends a lot of time. He's made, he made up two of his own superheroes because he calls himself red mask, which is the combination of all of the random costume stuff he puts on all the time and runs around the house and jumps off of things and then he started calling someone like stuff like that those were so fun yeah and it's like it's i like that there's superhero stuff that i can watch with my son and i'm like looking forward to watching some of it with him as like a thing to share with him and like that part of it i like but just like as these like massive unbelievably huge and really adult like overly adult properties i'm like we don't need batman to be this like i want to watch batman with my son like my favorite batman movie right now is lego batman oh. because i can watch it with my son and he goes oh i like batman I you're gonna now. say mask of the phantasm i'm like man that's a great batman movie i mean that one i actually really love the original series <laughs> yeah yeah, really yeah the batman series. animated series and that mask of the phantasm great fantastic Fantastic. yeah but yeah that's like one of the reasons i fell out of batman actually is because like it got just too dark for no reason it's just well and i actually joker cuts off his own face and then like staples it back on at one point in the comics so it's like could we not (laughs) yeah and like comic books have always been like edgy you know and and i I will say i say this about the batman comics but the comic i keep talking about to say is my favorite is literally called something is killing the children so well and i will say like miss cutter does kill a lot of people (laughs) comic books as a medium i do not think are like restricted to only childish things like there's very serious comic books and i'm fine child can afford that well no i mean like the genre (laughs) the the medium of having pictures and text i think is can be used really broadly which is cool where am i going with this lost train of thought cool that's really cool, really, really cool of you, bud. Yeah, just totally, it's gone. Oh, um, <laughs> but, like, specifically, like, the superhero, like, comic book genre, yeah, I think is just, it's both, there's a ton of stuff that's geared towards people our age, and yeah. I'm like, I don't actually need that much more of it, but I sure do like watching Batman with my son, <laughs> you know? It's like why I like Detective Pikachu. I'm like, well, I can watch that with Graham. He's going to have a great time. See, but as a a person who reads comics and manga and all that stuff, like, I do like, and that's the thing. I like the more adult, like, animes and stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I talk about this on Weebelong, but, like, one of my favorite um, manga properties, like, short stories ever is the one, My Broken Mariko, which is about the girl who's grieving the death of her friend who committed suicide like that's one of the i think one of the best writings in a manga ever but like i also just i don't know i i think that um that there's an oversaturation that happens because they think that's what we need we need a million my broken miracles or we need a million different like super dark yeah and it's just like okay, I'm kind of tired that this is all we can write is dark superhero stories or this is all we can write is, like, just super dramatic stuff. It's like, we, we need to have, like, I don't know. There needs to be less. Um, 
Yeah, so. I agree. And it, like I said, it's a different way of enjoying it. And I will say, like, it, it's it's funny because, like, I don't know, today was a challenging day of having kids. My oldest kid is sick oh, and has just been it? like, I feel like straight- every week we do every week we do the show. You is, tell me that Graham is sick. I am not kidding. We have not had covid at all ever we test oh, every time only, he gets sick. only friend i have who hasn't had covid i know that is I, believe me i know and we're not that careful anymore but we've never had covid it's never been covid it is just constantly the minute he gets better he gets sick and it's just like yeah ugh, like no joke i think brutal nine nine times out of ten when we record you have told me that Graham is sick well, and it's just like, because he coughs so hard, he throws up. Oh, and it's geez. just like, ugh. So, like, he's just been, like, challenging <laughs> that poor lately. poor freaking kid has gone through the ringer again and again. Yeah, no, I mean, he really has. Like, I didn't think I was going to sleep last night because I thought he was just going to. Because, like, <laughs> this is cute and bad. Is uh, one time when he got sick, we he was like, oh, I told him we would have a sleepover, so we went downstairs and watched cartoons on the couch because yeah, he couldn't that's a sleep. Fun thing to like have a memory of yeah. your dad, yeah. Now he's like, can we have a sleep? <laughs> no, no, kid. Can I sleepover, need, like Graham, no sleepover. I need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I have to work to keep you alive. <laughs> but yeah, that I will say there is like an innocence that gets brought to some of this stuff for me now that brings a different kind of fondness. Yeah. But yeah, the very like cynical saturation of well, it like, does like feel a little stuff bit like, like everything needs to be super. Well, that was like so. I've been gee, okay. We need to start the show soon. But like one of the things I've been doing this year, my goal is like to consume more media. One of the things I'm doing is I'm trying to listen to an album every single day, which I've listened since That's a lot. Yeah, since um November when I started this, I've listened to eighty albums. Um. And the other thing that's like trying to watch more stuff and like read more stories and stuff like that, just because like last year I didn't really, I wasted a lot of time just like sitting and scrolling through social media and like why I I, I need to stop spending time scrolling when I can do something like active, whether that's like enrich yourself a little bit or listen to music or watch a TV show. I need, need to do anything other than just doom scroll that's all i was doing was doom scrolling and i need to stop it yeah and so so i've been like watching a lot more stuff and the other thing i'm doing is i'm learning when to just put something that i don't like down because that's another thing that i would do i would like read or watch all something that i just didn't like that much and that's a waste of time too so so yeah, yep. I've, I've run into a couple times. I've been reading more comics. Run into a couple times where it's like I started like a comic. And I'm like this just this, there's just no good value other than like just to be dark or to be scary. And there was like one that I read where it's like there is no value to this one thing other than it's like oh yeah these rich people being rich and doing like these things and then they die because they're rich and snobby. And I'm like. There's there's nothing behind that other than like someone being bitter about rich people. Yeah, you want to know a great example of something that was both dark and serious, but also beautiful and humanizing. Yeah, it was Midnight Club, a show that got canceled by Netflix. Anyways, <laughs> Mid- sorry, I'm not bitter Dude, about it. Midnight sorry. Club was so it was one of those things. I was like, I don't want to watch this because it's canceled, but I need to watch it because I really like this whole. I con- the concept is just really good. 
It's exactly what you like. Yeah, it's like made for you. Yes, it's it's sad, but also sad and melancholic, but also has heart to it. Humanizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like my broken Mariko. Sad, sad and upsetting, but also has a lot of heart because it's about someone getting over the death of a friend, which I think we need more things about people coping with stuff, which, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I it's think that stuff like that fiction. helps people like me who have issues coping with stuff cope with stuff better so i yeah. welcome it all the time um but anyways could we got to get to the show we did 30 minutes we, we did a tight 30 yeah uh, <laughs> yep i agree we, we, we did a tight 30 we need to get to the show um we, you want to you want to roll i'm finishing my story this week i don't care how long this episode's gonna be we're done i'm done i'm not i have one I episode left oh you have one i episode? rolled a 19 okay I have one chapter left. I rolled a 10. I rolled a 19. I know. I heard you. That's <laughs> crap. That's, that's it's like I wanted to go first. Like, I want to kill the story. Also, yeah, next time remind me to actually talk about all the music I've been listening to because it's been a lot and I've been having such a good time. Have you listened to all of Coheed and Cambria yet? No. A band oh, yeah, crap. To I, need like to put, I need to put times. Coheed on the list. I'm never going to forget you. I was going to say, it's like, the thing is, like, people's like, oh, well, can I recommend something for your, like, list? And, like, yeah, it's like, at minimum, I have to listen to 365 albums. So, recommend anything. Devin Townsend, that's you the should, other one, yep. You should start sending me what you listen to every day, and I might listen to it okay. with you, which would be fun. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know if I'll always get to it every day, yeah, but some days. <laughs> yeah, today I actually have it, so I'm going to have to listen to something before I go to bed. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to do that. Message me tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, though, or message me what you listen to, and then I'll try to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. That also works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we already rolled crap. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're yeah, you're going first. So I'm not going to say much, but I want to talk about this after. Oh. Um, did you? Oh, I have one question. Was it better when I said the like they said whoever said the line? Did that flow better for you? No, no. I think okay. I think you. Well, I guess not no. I think that overall was a little jarring because you don't do that and you haven't been doing that. And yeah. then you just and start I, doing that out of nowhere. It's just like, well, I was just expecting to hear voices and now I'm getting this thing. Well, and that was because yeah, I could not could, do yeah, the voices you could not last. Speak. Oh, yeah. God. We'll think that was hilarious. And also. I was sick. Also, you need to never chew a cough drop on a show again because that was i i had it was, was either not hell. it was either it was either nothing or we were gonna listen to that I episode was, and be like jordan what are you talking about it's fine it's like no i cut out so much so much of the lips yeah. back and pops it's like chewing as yeah there was the, oh, God. there was nothing that i was, could do i understand what you mean but it was either we weren't recording or i was God, that was gobbling cough drops. that was hell okay you ready you ready for me to get going so that's a hell mouth. I mean, this is really lame for a hell mouth. No offense, Liv. I'm sure that if you had designed it, this hell mouth would be absolutely terrifying. Wow. Thanks, asshole. He might be an asshole, but I still squeezed his hand. Fear running through me like mm, fear running through me at the oddly mundane sight. We were still standing knee deep in snow. It was still cold. We were looking at frost weighed trees and frozen stone, but in front of us, there was a plain, sleek entrance to a modern-looking elevator. Stainless steel totally out of place. The only hint to imply that there was anything to worry about was a faint purple glow slowly pulsing at the split of the double-sliding doors. That and a black glass pad waiting for a key. 
I felt my stomach drop, the anxiety gnawing at me. I knew this was going to be bad, and I knew I was not going to be able to turn back. Leonard placed a hand on my shoulder and leaned down. We can go back. We can deal with whatever comes. This is our... This... This is what our town is, a place to keep folk folk like you safe. I'm not turning away, Leonard. I know that, but that's not the point, Liv. The point is that going down that elevator is a choice. You've got options, so don't forget that. All right, from here on, we're prisoners. This is your show for a bit, Herb. Just keep in mind, stab us in the back, and you'll be the first one to die. Honestly, I really can't. You want me to get you in front of the devil and that's what he wants, so no worries. Yeah, but he thinks it's gonna be all friendly, right? He doesn't have friends, Leonard. He has subjects. Herb scanned his card on the little glass square, and before he could put the card back in his pocket, I swiped it from him. We might not be leaving together after all. We all stood as the mechanical elevator hummed. Odd angular... Odd angular symbols flashed on the little glass pad as a smooth mechanical hum grew louder and louder. Eventually the, eventually, the doors slid open, showing a sleek glass and metal elevator. Thin lines trailed around every seam, glowing a faint purple. We all packed in. Bruce was nervous and whining. Rachel bent down and whispered to him. Nick wrapped an arm around me and leaned close, both of us breathing slowly. The door slid shut, and we dropped. At first, it was claustrophobic, the only light coming from the faint purple outlining the elevator, and all we could see through the glass was rock for what felt like miles as we dropped further and further and further. It stretched on for an eternity. My heart raced. I hated being trapped. And then, suddenly, vertigo hit, as through the glass we saw a massive opening, and far down below, a stretching metropolis sprawled around us. The buildings, like the elevator, were made of glass, gray steel, and dark rock, and everywhere glowed bright blues, purples, and greens, a neon city buried deep in the rock. I had finally returned to my home. Something about it made me feel sick. Even though there were lights everywhere, it could not quite fully illuminate the darkness. The glow felt sickly and dim, like a vain attempt to bring life to a place full so, so full of misery. When we stepped off the elevator, now deep in the city, people ran. It was weird. But I got why. Herb was a high was high ranking, and no one wanted to be in his way. Demons and humans alike either froze or fled before the unpresuming man in a suit. Anxiety written on every face. That or loathing. It was kind of hard to tell. Wow, Herb, quite the warm welcome you got here. I am second only to Harry. I don't need the vermin to welcome me. I'm sure they would rather I be gone. That's the point. But believe me, Liv, they're not thrilled to see you come back either. Most people we saw as we walked through the streets were modified. Either missing arms or legs or ears or eyes or had, me or had metallic modifications grafted onto them. And sure enough, anyone that met my eyes also looked away quickly, that same look of anxiety and hate evident on every face. This is how everyone looked at me, I realized, until I got to Bolivia. So where are we going, Herb? Up there, to the devil's favorite conference room, of course. He pointed high up on the smooth rock walls that surrounded the city. High above us, there was a football-sized cut into the stone pit of the city. The wall... Facing the city was all glass, but no light came from there, just darkness. It looked like a foreboding hole. It felt like wherever you were in the city, high above Harry, the devil might always be watching you from the shadows. 
Once we were at the base of that dizzying stone wall, Herb stopped by another clean-looking metal elevator. I need my key again. Harry's expecting all of us, after all. Yeah, this leads up to him, right? It sure does. And he's alone, right? He sure is. Well, then why don't you just wait down here? Seems like I got the key, don't I? And I don't think we need another demon that might stab us in the back. Herb sighed and leaned against the wall. It won't matter much. All of you are dead the moment you walk in there anyways. Maybe he will forget about me if I stay down here and I might get away with all of this. The elevator ride up was tense and silent. All of us were nervy and jumpy, our faces grave but restless. The door slid open onto darkness, with only the barest illumination from the glowing city from below. The room stank of oil and rot. We heard a mechanical spidery slithering and could only wait, wait for the devil. Out of the darkness, Harry's face rose up from the floor, oddly handsome and detached. Come crawling back, Liv! And with friends, how sweet of you. Now, we will have to demote you, of course, but given time, I'm sure you can work your way back up. We're just glad to have you back. Harry, I'm not coming back here. I'm here to tell you to... I'm here to tell you to leave my home alone, you monster. Your home? Aw, you stupid, stupid girl. You've been there for, what, a week? And you've managed to seduce some idiots? Well, good job, I guess, getting some souls for hell, but still, be reasonable. Hey, my soul's already spoken for. My heart, among other things, though, is lives. Nick clicked his finger. Nick, wow. Nick clicked a flame in his fingers and lit a cigarette. Bruce just growled next to Rachel. And Harry scowled. All right, then, if that's how it's going to be, which one of you sorry pieces of shit can bargain for that little town of Bolivia? We call it Bolivia. Leonard stepped forward. That is dumb as fuck. That is the (laughs) most wrong thing I have ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, well, that is true. There's no accounting for the degradation of language. Anyhow, I'm Leonard, the town's protector or whatever you feel like calling it oh protector well hi leonard i'm harry the devil of the city and this is my protector from the darkness we saw faint lines beginning to trace over the body of something massive purple light traced down a long neck over massive bat winks bat wings and down reptilian claws luminous wow luminous yellow eyes lit up in the darkness and a massive horn-scaled mouth split open, a fire glowing with blue flames. We could smell fire and burning electronics as a dragon stalked, traced in purple light, grafted with chrome, and the rest of it muscle and sharp scales. Leonard was speechless. He just stared, his rifle loose in his hands. The dragon breathed purple-white flames like an acetylene torch. The metal of the room began to glow cherry red from the burning hot flames. Leonard sank to a knee, taking off his hat. He looked like he might cry. Oh, Leonard, there's no need to kneel yet. Harry, I really must thank you for this. For what? I I don't think you could ever understand. Anyhow, I am here to bargain, so here's the deal. I do not like much killing, but, and I would rather not, but this is what you might call a showdown, and well, you are outnumbered, so let me give you my terms. Live here, she leaves. 
and you let us be. No harm, no foul. I'll forget the attacks on my town, and you get to live. How does that sound? Let me get this straight. You placed yourself in a room with the devil and a dragon alone, and you think, what, you're in a position to make demands and live? Here is my counter offer. Liv stays here, and you beg me to forget about your little town until I get bored again and decide to come back. That, or maybe I could just start hunting for souls there now. I'm sure there's plenty of bodies in your little Bolivia that I could graft onto myself. I bet you have some beautiful creatures I could corrupt. Leonard rose and put his hat back on his head. I'm going to assume that deal does not have any wiggle room and that negotiation is stopped at this point. Leonard, it's okay. Just get out of here. You don't have to die here. I can stay. Oh, Liv, I was dead the moment you set foot in town. I don't envy you the job I'm leaving you, though. And in a blur of motion I could hardly track, Leonard snapped his rifle up and started firing. Rachel said he never missed, and somehow that was true. Harry became a mass of spiraling and swirling limbs, made of metal and light. The grotesque and handsome face should have been shielded by the storm of arms, but instead, every shot from Leonard's little rifle struck meat on that face, ripping small bloody chunks from the body. Harry screamed, screamed like that woman whose fingers I had broken all that time ago. I heard a roar behind me and something massive launched itself over my head. The light was low in the room, and the thing in front of me, I guess, must have been Rachel's dog, or what was actually Rachel's dog. It grabbed onto Harry's limbs and began tearing them off, splattering purple light and dark, oily blood on the floor. I realized I should probably be helping, and I started trying to load the slug gun I was carrying, but I felt like I was moving in slow motion compared to Leonard, who was pacing and firing at an even clip. Circling and moving backward, never dropping his rifle, and like a metronome, he fired shot after shot. Any time a limb of Harry's would get close, he would briefly stop shooting the devil in the head and instead cut a vein or tubing or wires with tiny pieces of lead. These arms were a blur of motion, and yet somehow he hit every shot. Harry's face was reduced to a pulpy, bloody mask. The usually handsome features nested in the disgusting mass of arms was gone. Finally, Harry shouted, Kill him now! Through wet, bubbling lips. The dragon leapt into the air. The room was massive, but for a moment, all the false light was darkened by huge leathery wings as the dragon beat its wings once, then twice. Time stopped, and we all stared in horror. Even Harry seemed mesmerized for a moment by the sight of the dragon in flight. Its mouth yawned open, fork-tongued, flicking out as it looked down. Its eyes locked onto Leonard, and it dove. Leonard saw the dive, and then time stopped. I smelled sulfur. Leonard never missed, but how? He couldn't slay a dragon with... with, Oh my gosh. He couldn't slay a dragon with what was basically a toy gun. He dropped to one knee, aiming down the sights of his little gun, and missed. The last shot he fired, sparking uselessly off a piece of circuitry. He looked over at me and said something. I couldn't hear over the roaring of Bruce and a dragon. The fire hit him first, blinding bright, as the dragon's whole mouth smashed into the floor, melting a hole in the devil's chamber, and Leonard was just gone, in an instant, before our eyes. The smell of sulfur now almost made me sick. The sound in the room grew deadened. My vision narrowed. Not on the dragon, not on the fight, but on the bloody face of the devil. The devil that had killed the first friend I had ever made. 
I could see that face smiling through ruined, bloodied lips. It made my blood boil. I sniffed. Sulfur mixing with the smell of cooking meat. I looked down at my arms. They smoked as the skin blistered and peeled away like burning paper, revealing shining metal underneath. I became aware of some things distinctly. I saw Bruce thrown through a window. Uh, I saw one of Harry's finally... As one of Harry's limbs finally caught him, tossing him from the high room. I felt a wall of flame divide me and Harry from the dragon as I heard Nick shouting. And then I ran. I felt unbelievable joy as I did. It felt like a dance as I spun through stolen limbs and razor-sharp claws. Each time I couldn't dodge, I crushed one of Harry's limbs. His spidery legs felt like bird bones under my chrome hands. It was fun. It was fun to take Harry apart. He tried to run. He tried to get away from me, but he was trapped by fire and glass and, well, me. By the time I was within arm's reach of Harry's ruined face, I had forgotten pain, forgotten why I hated him. I had forgotten Leonard. All I knew was killing the devil felt good. That is all I knew as I pummeled his face, feeling circuits and bones crunch under my fists as the few remaining legs spasmed and twitched like some kind of massive dying spider. I was lost in the bloody bloody reverie when I felt a hand on my shoulder, soft and delicate. I spun and threw a punch. These fists could kill anything. I heard Nick shout something that was probably like, Rachel, watch out. Then everything stopped. Rachel's hand had caught my fist. Her very normal-looking human hand had caught my shining chrome fist mid-swing. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. It's time to stop now, hun. Let go of me! You don't tell me what to do! I could have killed you! Yeah, I'm sure you could have, but you need to stop. Harry's dead, and there's still the dragon, and we need to get out of here! Why? This is my home, isn't it? I killed the devil, didn't I? You're not gonna be safe as long as this place is still here. We heard a horrible, grinding, mechanical laugh, and looked down to see the twitching mass of limbs. She's right. There'll be a new devil the moment you walk out of here. Whoever he is, he will make it his mission to kill all of you and drag Liv back here. The next devil, and the next devil after that, and the next devil after that, with no end, Liv. This city will always come for you. We don't lose souls. He was right. I knew he was right. I had to stay. I had to become the devil that would keep Bolivia safe. I had to stay here and make sure that the ta- I had to stay here and make sure that the attack stopped and make sure that Leonard hadn't died in vain. I had to ensure that this city might remain a hell, but only a hell for those that live. Watch out! A massive lizard's foot crushed what was left of Harry. <laughs> the dragon was roaring and flying erratically, breathing fire and tearing at its own head with its claws tearing at a tiny piece of circuitry that was sparking and flickering with a little hole in it, almost like a hole made by a twenty-two rifle. The dragon smashed into the ceiling of the room, spun, burning through the air, before finally hooking a claw on whatever computer Harry had buried in its head. It ripped it, it, ripped it free and crashed through the massive windows in the devil's lair and flew out over the city. Nick came up next to me and stood. He slid a hand into mine, and we looked out and watched as a dragon burned the city underground. Rachel walked up and put her head on my shoulder. She was still crying silently. I just felt numb. I just felt numb. Nick was seemingly unharmed, but most of his clothes had burned off at some point. But getting into a firefight with a dragon will do that. 
Say, Rachel, how exactly did you stop a punch from a murderous demon who was in a full rage? Well, Nick, it's not exactly because I'm a normal human. Rachel, oh my god, Rachel, Bruce, he fell. I'm so sorry, I tried to stop it. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. He's not a normal dog either. So what are the two of you? That is a long story, Liv, but we can talk about it later. Let's go find Bruce. That is the end of that chapter. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. Um, what I gotta say about that is, um, really wish I didn't know that Leonard was gonna die because that would have been a little bit more impactful. But you know, like one, oh. you set it up very well. Two, like we had already discussed this because of the previous time you um did this story for, for oh, the yeah, show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um. Yeah, also, you you are winking at me yet again with um, Rachel and uh, Bruce. Thanks oh. for He's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're never going to know what they are. Wink. It's like, cool. Thanks, Bob. We're never going to be explicit about it because that ruins yeah. the fun for me. Yeah, I know. I know it ruins the fun for you. You, 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 you. But yeah, <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Good job. I am glad you liked it. That one was weird for me in that, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of like the climax of the story, right? Which is always difficult to write. Yeah. My climax of the story was like two chapters ago. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, that's why. Like, I have one chapter left. It's just falling action. Um, but I I liked the end for Leonard. I thought that was appropriate, like not killing the dragon, but setting it free. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of like solving the issue of the city as just a dragon goes nuts and burns the place to the ground, which I yeah. kind of, I enjoyed that as an idea for like the end of the story. Well, it was nice because you set the him up basically saying that's what he would want to do. Yeah. And then he yeah. does it. And I, I, I liked, I liked that there was the payoff be- like actual payoff from that conversation more so than just like him being at peace, I guess. But yeah. yeah, right, right, right. That there was like a decision here to do something else, you know, yeah. that he had like an ethic that he like went consistent with on this. That like yeah. fighting Harry's one thing, but you know, this is a dragon and dragons are cool. You know, yeah. we don't kill I mean, those kind of dragon. <laughs> needlessly. Dragons are cool, bud. Dragons are very cool. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, you said you wanted to talk about it. What, what do you got to say? Yeah, so I think probably, like, having written the whole story now, if I was going to go back and edit it, Herb is useless. Like, there really wasn't a need for Herb to be there. Like, no. the guy with the key card. And I'm like, I could have just cut him. I, I don't know. I, I liked having him in there. I, I like the kind of, like, Maybe he could between him and Liv. He could probably do more, but I liked, I liked what you created with him. If this was going to have, like, a second like a second book it wouldn't herb would need to become a recurring character otherwise he should be fully cut from the story um but like he was useful as a way to show that like harry was brutal but like i don't know it's just kind of like sucked as a character in this (laughs) so i was i'm a little bit disappointed with that um i liked the thing with rachel catching the fist it being like how what are you (laughs) yeah yeah that's why i said you 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 like winking at me just well there's like things like that that like sort of the point is to not answer it that like rachel is something weird um and i i kind of appreciate that in a way but it is yeah it's it's fun to leave things that could be in later books or you know thought about in later books yeah yeah that's fun stuff man i enjoyed it um 
it feels weird to kind of write the end of a story though you know yeah. it's like the falling yeah. actions like not as stressful to be like well this is how it wraps up like this especially is, a story that has been as long as this one because like yeah last time, no kidding like, we kind of fit it in the 10 what how many i don't even know how many tra- so this half of my story would have been probably like what 10 well 12 chapters plus like i did episodes of, i think what like close to like 15 chapters yeah yeah, it's a lot more. Yeah, There's definitely stuff that could have been expanded. Well, yeah. Like in always. mine. Um, but it's difficult. Yeah, it's I, I have trouble kind of figuring out the right way to write filler to make it useful. And that's also challenging to me. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, but, we'll have time to work on that when we write a story together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> your boy knows how to do some filler. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just sometimes you just need to have characters talk out some bullshit <laughs> well that's all that's all my story is is just characters talking some stuff that's yeah it. i mean just, you, just you, you i will say you did a good job with your action at the end you usually don't describe action you don't like to describe action you usually just like find ways to like you know, cut to black, then recut to a different scene. And I think you did a good job at creating that little action scene. You didn't do a good job reading it because you kept like, like pausing right when I wanted to know more. And I'm like, dude, just keep going. And I know I'm probably going to like make that a little bit smoother and edit, but like I was sitting here, it's like, no, you're doing good. Just keep reading. You don't have to pause. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because like, there just are like times where it's like, oh shoot, I need to scroll. And then I'm like scrolling and I'm like, dang it. Like we lost my to, place. We like, need to format how you write these out. Cause like I said, there was one time I like looked at one of your stories the way you wrote it. It's like, you have like 80 page breaks in there. Cody, why do you have 80 pages in something that no. was probably only like seven pages long? The page breaks make it better because then I don't get lost as much. Oh, like the yeah. problem is when I, it's like when there's a when there is a page break in the middle of a paragraph, that's what kills me. Yeah. Is I like scroll and then I like lose where I, I like lose yeah, the I, flow I, of I it. Know. <laughs> Cody, I know. I witnessed that just now a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to like write it out and then like just break it into pages. So it's yeah. like this chapter is on a page <laughs> like or this this uh, like section this action, is, on yeah, is on a page. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get you, but yeah, like you, you just kept doing it. I was like, just go, like you, you finally did it. You did some action. You did like a dragon twisting and fire. You did a dude shooting a demon. You did like limbs twist. It was like really good. I'm like, this is great. I love hearing this. Why are you stopping? <laughs> also, because I don't like reading that stuff, I find it boring. I know so. you find it boring, but that's what that's what creates the image for me, Cody. I'm a very visual person. I need someone to paint for me, and. Sometimes you don't like painting, Cody, and I. No, it, it I, frustrates I hate me. it. I hate it. You need Absolutely to you need to paint it. more because that's how the create. Like you can have all the wonderful, like interesting, whimsical dialogue you want, but if you don't paint a picture, what's the point? Um, I'm gonna say, see here, every play ever. <laughs> yeah, but then a play, you don't just sit there and quietly read a play back and forth between two people. You act no, out a play. That's what a picture. Well, that's, yeah. that's painting the picture. You paint it with the actions of the play, Cody. Come on. I just, I just like listening to people say dialogue back and forth. <sighs> I know, I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> hey, Cody, you're getting a whatever, and I'm doing my story. This is the the final. The final chapter of my novel length story that I wrote um, over an entire year and then wrote it, uh, sorry, read it over another entire year. So uh, here, my freaking cat destroyed my other 
side of my headphones. I'm just finding pieces of it all over the ground. <laughs> Your cat's really wrecking up the place. Yeah, I, I, I love her, but she's destroying my entire apartment. Um, but yeah, so this is the final chapter of No Name Wishes and Monsters. This is chapter 22, the end of the beginning. And I'll, like Cody, I'll just say the my final thoughts about this after we finish. And also, sorry, this is kind of a longer chapter, but I need to finish this because I'm dying. Oh, mine was longer too, so you're fine. I wrapped my fist lightly against Nate's door and hoped that it would be loud enough for them to hear. I was nervous and had to talk myself out of simply turning around and leaving. After a few seconds, I leaned back to adjust what I was carrying so that it could easily rest against the cast of my broken arm. It was mid-afternoon, the day after I dropped Nate off from the hospital, and honestly, I had no idea what was awaiting me on the other side of that door. Even after I had helped them into bed the previous night, they were still contemplating their part in No Name and the events of the past few days. It was all a wild blur to me, one that was filled with my own shortcomings. I didn't know if Nate's contemplation would be turned to anger towards me for my performance through the last assignment. Despite my own weariness, I came by to see Nate and offer food and company. We had been texting back and forth all morning, but I decided it was better to stop by rather than wait around all day to potentially be yelled at. Hold on, hold on, I heard muffled from the other side of the door before it swung open to reveal a tired-looking Nate. They looked slightly disheveled, with their usual neat appearance now sporting messy hair and dark circles under their eyes. Their uniform of hipster-esque Sweaters and skinny jeans was replaced with what looked like a sports bra and long mesh gym shorts that came down past their knobby knees. When they saw me, their face brightened and they flashed a big smile. Hey, I was wondering when you would stop by, they said brightly. I immediately felt relief. It didn't seem like Nate was mad or holding a grudge against me. They seemed to address me as they always had. I couldn't help but think it was a trap. I knew that was an absolutely crazy thought. I had to ignore it for now. I thought I would stop by and bring you some food so you don't have so you didn't have to cook or order out, I said, motioning with my head to the tubs of soup and cookies I was carrying. Holy shit, you're the best. Didn't think I would ever have a partner bring me snacks. Great timing, too. I haven't eaten all day because I didn't have it in me. Stomach was starting to growl, though, so I should probably power through, they said in appreciation. I made some chicken noodle soup and those chocolate chunk cookies you like. Thought the soup would help with any nausea and the cookies would be a nice treat for later. I mostly brought the snacks to appease them if they were angry. I didn't think it would actually work, but I tried anyways. You're a sweetheart, Dan. Come on in. You don't have to stand there looking awkward, Nate said, turning around and heading inside. They moved slowly and carefully. I could tell that they were still in a lot of pain. As always, Nate paid no mind to their own situation and acted like things were normal. I could easily see their stitches up and down their sides. The area was still an angry, irritated red. Sarah and the doctor did the best they could, but the stitches looked like a scrambled mess. The wound looked like it had been cleaned a few times, but there was still a few flakes of dry blood across it. Their other wounds from jumping out of that window didn't seem to bother them compared to the wounds on their side. For this rare occasion that Nate wasn't wearing long sleeves, I could see a scar that looked like a claw mark across their back and a grayish blemish on their shoulder that looked like the remnants of a handprint. I assumed these were from previous anomaly attacks, but I didn't ask about them for fear they dated all the way back to when their father died. Hey, I'm sorry I'm all binder and gym shorts today. 
I was feeling shitty all morning and just wanted to feel like myself for a bit, they said as I put my stuff on the table. They put the soup in the fridge and grabbed a cookie to eat. It's all right. You're allowed to shed your hipster exterior occasionally, I joked. Screw yourself, Nate said casually with a laugh. I ignored their assault. Gotta have dessert first, huh? I'll get to the soup in a bit. You should know by now that I can't resist these cookies. They look exactly like the ones from the bakery. Never really pictured you as a baker or a chef, but I truly appreciate this. They shot back as they wandered to the living room and plopped down on the couch. They kicked one leg up over the armrest, then leaned back, taking up most of the, their three-seater. I grabbed a chair from the kitchen and spun it around to sit on it backwards, facing Nate. I plopped down hard and crossed my arms across the back of the chair. Nate's apartment was oddly neat despite their chaotic personality. Everything was where you would expect it to be. The rooms were clean and the air was fresh. A couple of posters from classic horror movies like Night of the Living Dead hung from the wall along with a few more sophisticated paintings they told me they hung up specifically for show. They kept a few souvenirs from previous assignments like the FBI jacket from the bank heist pinned and hung up on display. In the corner sat a record player that had a blue vinyl sitting on it. On previous visits, Nate would have music playing when I came around. I noticed that they were... I noticed that they always liked to have some music playing, whether it was in the office, driving, or in the comfort of their own apartment. Despite the cleanliness of their apartment, the coffee table in front of the couch was a mess. Their laptop was open and highlighted notes were strewn about along with writing utensils, as if they had been doing some frantic research earlier. How are your battle wounds? I asked, opening up for Nate to tear me apart about my performance during the job. Oh... I feel like I was hit by a semi-truck, but at least the nausea is gone, right? They said, lightly touching their sides. Sorry you're in a lot of pain. I hope the painkillers are helping, I said, trying to be supportive. Eh, they're all right, Nate said with a slight shrug. I noticed they didn't take the bait to talk about last night, so I moved on for the time being. What have you been up to today? I motioned to the table with my head. I wanted to follow up on some loose ends from yesterday. I got onto the no-name network and dug in deep on some stuff. Nate reclined and continued to work on their cookie. What kind of things were you following up on? I pressed. I decided to dig into things about Jane. I wanted to know more about her situation. Sorry if it comes off as eavesdropping, but I couldn't help but listen to your conversation last night, Nate said with another shrug. Well, what did you find? I asked, intrigued. Her mother is single and works multiple different jobs to make ends meet, so that's why she's never around. Jane gets good grades, is healthy. Despite a relatively absent mother, she is doing alright. Due to the absence of her mom and Jane's storytelling about the supernatural, teachers did a check a while back. They pass with flying colors, though. After school care and other means keep her safe when her mom is out. I asked Alistair to keep an eye out, but other than that, I wouldn't worry too much. The whole hospital thing is an issue, but it seems like the kid is being taken care of. I think she's going to be okay in the long run, Nate said. I appreciate that Nate did the check. I really didn't know what to think about the whole situation. I was glad someone would be looking out for Jane in the long run, even if that someone happened to be Alistair. I guess that's all we can do for now. Sucks, though. Wish there was more. I couldn't help but feel a little defeated. What else you got? So, her story about the man on fire. It sounded familiar. That wasn't too long ago, so I would have been working with No Name on the clerical side at the time. I did a little digging on that. 
Nate picked up some papers that were on the table. Let me guess, it's all real. I never doubted, Jane. Of course it was. The man on fire was a generally isolated incident, but its origins go back a little ways, Nate said, sorting their notes. What kind of anomaly was it? I asked. An apparition, apparently. That sounds about right. So what's the story there? Well, it goes back to the early 2000s. It's all about a husband and wife, Demetrius and Claire Rington. Demetrius worked second shift at one of the budding industrial companies, while Claire did some small freelance work around town. Eventually, Claire found favor in a man named Craig. Terrible name, by the way. Well, he worked at one of the companies she freelanced for. Eventually, things got heated and the two started a secret affair, Nate said, sounding like the narrator on an episode of 48 Hours. Let me guess, upon finding out about the affair, Demetrius stalked the boyfriend and immolated him, I said. I had seen enough of these true crime shows. It was always the same. Wrong! Nate said loudly, making a buzzer sound. Turns out Demetrius was a good dude. He forgave Claire and started going to couples therapy with her. I'm honestly surprised by that, I said, almost impressed. So, who's the man on fire then? Well, Craig, being one of those guys who thinks that a woman belongs to him, went down the dark thought process of the only way to have her is to kill him. So he waited outside the Rington home late at night, and when Demetrius came home from work, Craig ambushed him, doused him in gasoline, then lit him on fire. Demetrius lit up like a torch, but instead of running and screaming in pain, still in shock, he walked down the street calmly, calling out for help. No one came to his aid, though, and before long, he collapsed at the end of the road and burned until he was ash. Fuck, that's dark, I responded the only way I knew how. Apparently, due to his shock and horror, his soul stayed bound to that area, reliving the incident every night. He probably thought his wife betrayed him even after his efforts to make things work. Eventually, his pain and suffering manifested in physical form, and that's when he started appearing as the man on fire, Nate said, putting down the notes. So, what did No Name end up doing? I leaned back a little bit in my seat to loosen up. They got a wind of the anomaly through the sensors as usual. You see, the thing about apparitions is you either need to banish them or help them pass on. Demetrius wasn't a malicious force, so no name helped him pass on. They, they ended up bringing his ghost information that his wife had held on to his memory and fought to press charges against Craig, even though the man had some pretty sleazy lawyers who tried to spread the blame. Craig was found guilty and is currently spending a life sentence in jail for murder. Demetrius was able to pass on knowing that his wife still loved him and fought for him even after he died. Of course, No Name covered it up and discredited any report on the internet of the man on fire. People who would look it up would see it more as a creepy story spread to scare children or a form of dumb chainmail stuff. Nate finished up the story and sat back, letting out a sharp exhale due to the pain in their sides. So Jane was right the entire time. What she saw was real. It was just covered up nicely. She got ostracized for no reason. It's kind of weird to think that in a way, no name led to her getting bullied. It was weird the way that things worked out sometimes. That's weird to think about. Now that she has proof the paranormal exists, she is probably not going to back off, Nate said, shaking their head. Would you, though? I asked. Honestly, no. By the way, I owe you an apology, Nate said. For what? I'm sorry I came at you harshly last night. I was feeling bad about myself and this job. 
I'm over that now. I don't want her to get wrapped up in all of this and not be able to turn back. It feels like that's how things went for me. It all comes from the fact that I truly don't want her to get hurt, Nate said sincerely. It seemed like this all weighed heavily on their mind. I could tell they saw a little bit of themselves in Jane. Honestly, so did I. She doesn't really seem to have too many people on her side. So I guess if she keeps going down this path, then we, then we will have to be the ones to look after her. I promise I won't let anything bad happen. It was a large undertaking, but I held steady on my goal. I wanted to make sure no one else got hurt by the anomalies. I'll do my part too. Nate let out a heavy sigh. Deal. So how are you doing? You were really messed up last night. I guess it was time to breach the topic. I was still anxious that Nate might hold their injuries and issues during the last assignment against me. <sighs> I was feeling awful last night, and I don't think the drugs really helped with that. Nate gave a melancholic look. Probably not, I said gently. I was doubting this all. Why even do this job? Why keep throwing myself at dangerous situations? Eventually, I'm going to get got, and what would it all have been for? Did I only do this because I was mad about my dad dying? I was feeling sorry for myself, I guess. I know you probably felt the same. Nate paused for a second and reclined back in their seat again. Then I thought about it. If I don't do it, someone else is going to have to take the reins. Just because I get sick of it doesn't mean the problems will go away. I don't think I could live with the fact that people would get hurt if I didn't do anything. Walking away will make everything worse. It's not solely my responsibility, but I can do something about it. All that said, I also think I'm good at this stuff too. Why let go of a talent? I could tell that last part was some sort of joke. Nate always had to deflect a little bit. I guess you had a lot going on in your head last night. Don't worry, you're not alone in that, I said. I hate being corny like this, but really I think you helped inspire me. You want to make sure no one else gets hurt by anomalies. Well, I want to do that too. It's probably impossible to save everyone from even the slightest injury, but we can at least try, Nate said with an air of hope. I don't really feel all that inspiring. Last night was a mess, I said sinking down in my chair. The guilt I felt about Nate's injuries was almost unbearable. You can be an emo kid sometimes, Nate said with a slight laugh. Last night was a mess, and as much as it sucked, things like that are going to happen sometimes. We have to find a way to survive. Still, if I didn't freeze up like that, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. This is all my fault. If you didn't make a move on your own, you would have ended up much worse. I didn't do anything to help last night. I let you down. I let everyone down, I said, finally letting it all out. I felt like if I didn't stop talking, my emotions would have broken through the floodgate that and drowned us both. I shut my mouth and let Nate speak. It looked like they were planning to interrupt me if I went too far anyways. <sighs> Eli called earlier with those same sentiments. Look, we all fucked up in one way or another. You guys need to stop beating yourselves up. I entered the assignment underprepared. Eli botched the operation, and you froze. We could have all been better in some way. We made our choices. You literally can't go back in time and fix it. Mostly because of the time race, but you get my point. We live to have another chance. We all need to take that and stop looking back, Nate said. I heard them. I understood what they were saying. That didn't matter. I couldn't help but still feel guilt take over. But if I... No buts. You really need to stop beating yourself up at every chance you get, Nate said sternly sitting up. 
They winced in pain, but scooted to the end of the couch to get as close to me as they could. I'm not beating myself up. I'm not beating myself up for no reason. You almost died because I froze, I let out. Yeah, but you're not perfect. Neither am I. You've told me that you grew up with everyone expecting you to be perfect. That's not the case here. Shit happens. It's not always your fault. You froze because you were human. You got scared. No one is blaming you. I want you to try and get better. You're not going to be per the perfect anomaly hunter from the start. That's why I'm here, Nate said gently. What if trying isn't good enough? What if you die because of me? I asked, feeling a tightness in my chest. I realized I wanted Nate to be mad. I wanted them to blame me. I didn't expect this kind of kindness and understanding from anyone. You know, when I first met you, I thought you were a jackass who joined No Name to be some type of superhero. They let out a hearty laugh and smiled. Thanks, that makes me feel way better, I said, trying to force a laugh. Oh, come on. I basically told you that to your face. I thought you hated me back then. I came out swinging, expecting you to quit if I was mean enough. Then you surprised me and threw yourself in front of those time race without a second thought. You also did everything you could for me and Rachel back at the hospital. So when it came to the reanimal wolf, I know for a fact that if the shoe was on the other foot, you would have done the same thing for me. Yeah, probably, I choked. I was feeling a little bit more calm, but still miserable. Nate was right, though. I would have done what I could to keep them safe. I froze after the fact, already giving up on myself. Never once did I give up on Nate. I didn't hesitate to push you out of the way, and I definitely don't regret it, Nate said calmly, still leaning in. I could tell they wanted to get up and comfort me, but the pain kept them in their seat. So, don't worry about it. We have, we have each other's backs and I want to do whatever I can to make sure you are okay so we can do this job together. After all, we're all we got, you know? There are handlers, support, and other field teams, but when it comes to doing the job, it's only me and you out there. I know, I have your back too. Whatever we do, we do together, I said, repeating the old cliche that we have between each other. It felt, I felt comforted by Nate's words. They had mostly repeated my own sentiments. This whole time, despite not meaning to, I was throwing myself into these situations thinking I was on my own, thinking I had to be the one to do the hefty, heavy lifting, even though I said otherwise. It was good to know that Nate held true to everything they said about this partnership. For the first time in a long time, I didn't feel alone. I felt like I could count on them as much as they, could, they counted on me. You know you're my best friend, right? They said. Those words, those were words I had heard all my life, but never quite believed them until now. It felt childish to use a word like that, though when Nate said it, it felt like it had meaning. Yeah, in your mind, I said, smiling for the first time today without forcing it. Good, glad you know it. So you're stuck with me till the end. I hope you're ready for that, Nate said, holding out their hand as if they wanted me to shake on it. You look after me, and I you. We'll make it through any of the random bullshit no name and anomalies throw at us. I stood up to shake their hand. I knew there was no way they were going to stand up to shake mine. Even a dragon? I said. Yeah, you nerd. Even a dragon. They said, and we shook on it. They gave a devious smile and said, You know, if I hadn't lost so much blood last night, I would have been down for a blood oath. You're insane! I laughed. Hey, you already shook on it. You're stuck with me. 
No backing out now, they said coyly. Great, another mistake I've made. Too bad you can't turn back time, Nate laughed again. Well, now I owe you an apology, I said, finally feeling like myself again. Oh, what's up? They responded, raising an eyebrow. I'm sorry you had to comfort me even though you're all messed up, I apologized. I knew they didn't mind, but it felt bad to distract them from their own problems. It's all good. I'll take the cookies as your tax. Just don't keep going down that road. You don't have to beat yourself up every time. We are in this together. We are partners. That's part of the job, they said. Okay, I can do that, I said back. So, you planning to stick around for a bit? Nate asked. Yeah, I was going to heat up a bowl of soup and force feed you if I had to, I said back jokingly. It was good to see that nothing had changed between us. Things happened, both good and bad. It was relieving to know that someone had my back without expecting me to be perfect. Okay, cool, Nate said, turning on the TV. The screen flashed on quickly to reveal a paused screen on a streaming service. I recognized the show immediately. They had been watching the superhero show I showed them the night before. I laughed, knowing that my likes and hobbies were rubbing off on them. You got me hooked on this dumb show, and I have so many questions for you, they said, getting comfortable on the couch again. Only this time they left room for me to sit, too. Get that soup and let's do this. You got it. Despite the craziness of the job and all the things that hung in the air, I was happy. The road for it wasn't going to be easy. In fact, it was probably the hardest path I could have possibly chosen. In the back of my head, I felt like I should have told Alistair to screw off that day in the hospital. Though, if I did that, I probably would have hated myself. I was scared when I agreed to join No Name. That was okay, though. Being scared of this was normal. I had started this journey alone, but those days were over. I wasn't alone anymore. I had Nate. No matter what the future held for us, I knew that everything was going to be all right. And that is the end of my 22 chapter long two year story. <laughs> I uh, I really liked that end. That was oh, a very thank good you. end. I was wor- well, I'm not really that worried about it because like that's the kind of ending I like in a show. Because like as much as we talked about hating Netflix and stuff, like one thing that a lot of Netflix shows do, they'll have like the climax. Like BoJack Horseman did this a lot where they had like the big climax episode where like the craziest thing happened. And then afterwards was like the aftermath. Usually BoJack Horseman, it was a sad aftermath, but I decided like I wanted to have like a good conversation because like this story to me was about these two characters becoming friends, and like realizing that they have each other to depend on through all this bullcrap. And I wanted to highlight on this. Yeah, no, I thought I thought you nailed that that feeling oh, really well. Um, and and I will say, given the conversation we had last week about this, I thought that was a really good way to tie up the potential like tensions of like what what was between them or what potentially could have been between them. I thought yeah. that was a really good way <laughs> to like tie that up and make it. Yeah, make like sense. I said, that was. That um, was not rewritten. That was how I originally planned it. I completely forgot that I wrote wrote like that. Honestly, like I said, I had previously not. Ch- no, I mean it was really, it was really really months. really good though. So, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed that, and I like the like slow burn chemistry, but I also oh hate come the slow on, burn come on, so, you know you know secretly you, know, you love the slow burn chemistry because like you can't just like all out be like hey these two. 
sorry, sorry for my language audience. Hey, these two just honestly, <laughs> like, you had to like create a reason why these two characters would work together. And I, and I wanted to like keep doing that. Like that there's more compatibility than just like the mutual, like, Hey, we work at the same place and we get into dangerous situations. Like they truly care about each other. Yeah. No, I thought I was I was very very impressed with that chapter. Considering like I don't know, I feel like a lot of times mm, I think sometimes you I don't want to say like you don't do stuff cuz that's mean. But like I don't think you always focus no. on the dialogue <laughs> and I think a lot of times there's like people say things internally rather than it being yeah. like an external a conversation and that felt like a good conversation between the two of them. So that was good. That was a good way to wrap yeah, up the story. Yeah. And that that that's like something end. that I'm like trying to work on with my stories, like trying to have less internal dialogue and more of like, like having him and Nate say to each other what both of them are thinking rather than it be like him. Like, Oh yeah, I just wanted Nate to understand how I felt. But it's like, no, no, I was like getting that out in the air. And like these two characters, like basically hashed through this big thing that happened to both of them. So yeah, and I also like because so the, the the story arcs for this like first part of my like novel series whatever you want to call this like they were very like like the first part was very Danny centric and then like from there the second part was like very Nate centric like the part at the hospital was like very that was like Nate's like storyline to happen I wanted like something to focus on like the well main character they're both main characters but like the the voice of the story and like what he's going through with all of this because there's like all this stuff like that was talked about in the beginning like with the doppelganger and stuff like where he doesn't really like himself he doesn't really like where he's at in life and like hypercritical and being put through a situation where all of that comes to light of like oh yeah maybe i'm not the person i thought i was when i like stood up and said i'm gonna fight off all these anomalies and save the day and like having to deal with that, but then also having someone he sees as being that type of person who's like, like very confident, very strong, and like them being like, yeah, no, I also kind of suck myself, <laughs> and, but that's like that's yeah, fine. Like I, make I make mistakes, mistakes and I have days where I don't don't even feel like doing this job because like, yeah, you're right. I can die at a heart in a heartbeat. Like I could have died last night, and. That would have been the end of Nate's story, but I, I like them both addressing both like their own mortalities and also the idea that like through all this, we're not superheroes. We're not gonna like you know get the crap kicked out of us and get back the next day. Like it's gonna be a slow burn of like fighting through all this stuff and like seeing a very like human interaction when it comes to dealing with like this kind of almost superhero activity. I don't know. The, the main story I wanted to write is like a, a crazy supernatural and going through all the stuff. But like what the important part to me was writing about the relationships of these two characters and also like the mental health and mentality of them as well. Yeah. No, I think you did a good you know, job of addressing you know, that. I, yeah. I truly love these characters um one because one of them is just me actually you know i well i said this to you hmm. and this was said i think after we ended the show last week but like 
the thing is like Danny and, and I, we need to end the freaking show. I always do this. I'm sorry. I just like talking about the stuff I write. No, but, like, the, you're, the thing you're fine. about you're Danny fine. and Nate is that like, while like they are like parts of Nate are based off of friends I have. Um, and the the three friends that Nate is based off, you know who you are. Um, while while Nate is based off like those three friends, like Nate is also based off of the other side of my personality. Like Danny is like the quiet, introverted side, the side that is um, very, I guess, um, self insightful, but also the side side that does have like this kind of like image of themselves that he wants to live up to. And then Nate's like the other side that like my friends see when I'm like hanging out. There's like the confident side, the excited side, this side that is really brash and is really like, just like runs into things and like knows that by running into these things, they will be all right because yeah, I'm in charge. I'm confident in that, but also I get, so it's the two sides of my personality, kind of the, the yin and yang that makes up Jordan being portrayed in this story yeah. and i like really like them both because they create a whole that is part of me and like writing this whole story was writing out my feelings a lot <laughs> like like you can read through it and see where it is a very personal story even though on its surface it's about a time traveling go and then a child doppelganger that turns into a monster and a big evil wolf thing and like butterflies that make you want to kill yourself. Like that's on the surface, but like what the story meant to me was understanding myself. It's, it's interesting. Like, I don't want to say that I don't write autobiographically, oh, I only write but autobi- like <laughs> definitely like there are people that inspired yeah. every character in my story, right? Like, particularly Leonard is somewhat based on Hmm. my grandfather, right? Like that's like the way he dresses (laughs) and behaves, um, the way he talks specifically the gun that he has is like an heirloom in my family. Right. Um, and like that general bearing. And then the Nick is based on a delivery driver (laughs) and a YouTuber that I like, like the kind of a combination of two of those really more the delivery driver than the YouTuber. Well, the accent is the YouTuber. The accent, the accent is a YouTuber and the physical description would seem like it as well, but it like happened to be that it is like, oh, well, cause like, I think I told you this where I like wrote the character and then saw that guy and I was like, yeah. oh great. Just going to put that voice on this character, you know? Um, but yeah, there was just a delivery driver I knew that was like covered from head to foot in tattoos and was like the nicest person I ever met, but he was just really yeah. into monsters and stuff. Um, and then, uh, similarly for like Rachel, that is, um, not based on. I have a relative named Rachel. It's not at all based yeah, on. It's based on the character people. from my story, um, Rachel, because he stole my names. <laughs> I did, um, but yeah, like Rachel's just based mm. on someone I went to high school with. So there's just like a lot of these characters that repeat or that, that have basis in my life, just not me. Usually, I don't know if there's a character that I would say is like my maybe live but not, not really, really. No. like that's just not, i would not say not really the struggle not that say i have is you I, I would say like very base level the chaoticness maybe but like not anything else <laughs> but yeah no i, I don't know I, I i write what i feel <laughs> a lot like that comes out i mean i'm gonna probably do i might have to like trim bits of it but i'm probably gonna do a short story which isn't super autobiographical it's just like a <laughs> cute quote-unquote story that I, that I decided to write 
you're gonna you're gonna listen to the story and hear like some of the like heavy details and be like, how is this cute? But yeah, it's a but like I, I don't no, know. I, I I guess when 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 I do write, I do have like an attachment to the characters I write. Like like after finally finishing this, I have this idea that I kind of want to write like a before I go back to writing the next part of the series, we're gonna do like a quick like prequel one shot with like Nate in high school when they are um working like quote unquote doing the clerical work with no name but I so I kind of want to do that side of it but I, I, I don't know I just I really like the character Nate I really like the character Danny I really like the way that I've created this like yin yang relationships between the two of them and how I plan for yeah. it to play out in the future because yeah I have four parts planned we just finished part one so yeah we'll see where it goes and we'll see how long it takes me to write this but this was a lot of fun. I'm glad it's over because I was reading the same story on this show for two whole years. Yeah, I, start, I started writing while, this story sure. in April 2020 before all the lockdowns. <laughs> like, like well, not April 20, <laughs> sorry, early 2020. We started. I think we started like saying these stories in April. But like, yeah, it's 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 been bad, man. Like, this is all this the only creative <laughs> endeavor I've had for two two whole years. I've done some short stories in the meantime, but it feels good to finally finish this. Like, this this was huge. Yeah, but also no, I get this what you mean. I get what you mean. Novel length story, like ninety thousand words, over ninety thousand words. Like, this is something that I do want to edit down and edit down and edit down and then publish and keep doing that. Like. I really liked doing this story. It's meant so much for me and to the audience who's listened to the whole thing. Um, thank you. Thank you for bearing with me. To Cody, who's had to listen to the whole thing. Thank you for all the critiques and all the feedback, even though sometimes, last week, um, off show, off show, they did kind of make <laughs> me furious. Um, but I, it's just, it's been good. And I hope to keep creating some fun stuff like this. Yeah. That's 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 all I got for this. Yeah, that's um, all I got. I'm glad you enjoyed your story. I'm gonna we, feel good next week when yeah, I, not two weeks, two weeks yeah, when I actually finish mine. You have no clue how much of a weight off the show. I mean, the story itself has already been finished. So like, I've already had that like weight of like I completed this huge thing, but like to finally be done with the yeah. pro- this whole project, this first part of this whole project, it feels so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I believe you. Yeah. I I understand what you mean. Okay, Cody. What are your plans? I almost said, and here comes the sex robots. Andy, you can't. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. So what are your plugs, Cody? Uh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network uh, podcast and at Wandering underscore Gamers. Yep. On and you Twitch. can check me out on my Twitch stream that I do every Wednesday. Um, we belong. I do an anime talk show with my buddy Will, and we just you know talk about anime, talk about diversity, talk about just all stuff in that like weird side of nerd culture that is anime um sometimes anime isn't good and we just are angry about it and talk about how it could be better sometimes we watch like a really good show like uh, michiko and hachin that um was done by the same people who did samurai shampoo and cowboy bebop and it's really great but you know it's always a crapshoot with anime because it's such an oversaturated genre but yeah you can check me out there and eventually i'll get some more streams up Anyhow, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch y'all at the next Demon Feast. Bye! Bye!